Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Squeaks. Squeaks! And Jonathan. Hey, hey, yo. And Daniel. Hello. Got the full crew here, guys. Pretty good. No Olaf from Daniel today, what? Dang. I know, what's going on with this? No Olaf. Gosh. He's not feeling 100%. Must not be the day. Nah, not not feeling it today. So let's get into this real quick. Um, the cephalopod that we talked about last week, Jonathan and I, the review for cephalopod, uh, it's now live. It's for Android. iPhone app is coming soon. Check it out. We're going to do the sticker giveaway throughout all of January. So if you guys jump on cephalopod, take a picture, you subscribe to, to Geek Freaks, send us the picture and your address. We'll send you guys three of the Geek Freaks Shield stickers. Um, really cool app made by some friends of ours so check it out uh, okay let's get into playing and watching uh what have you guys been playing what have you guys been watching jonathan let's go with you uh still playing assassin's creed i didn't make much progress in it this week too <laughs> <laughs> i want to finish it but i, I get sidetracked uh, even in game and uh, but yeah still a good game i just need to i need to wrap it up so i can do the review on it uh watching though i started watching black lightning again recently uh nice. saw it i saw it on netflix i don't know if it's always been on netflix or not but it popped up on my suggested list i was like oh you know that was pretty good i need to get into it again and luckily you know the wife cling to it because it's hard to watch a show that i really like that she just can't stand um so we started watching that together so it's a good show we're like four episodes in i think do you remember what the name of the villain is in that show i can't remember it's like the whale or something like that uh so the first guy is lala i don't know the you're talking about the like albino guy that's the yeah yeah, I don't remember his name. What a good actor he is. He yeah. does such a good job of playing like this menacing villain that, that you kind of side with sometimes. Mm. I really like him. He's a badass. Um, Daniel, what about you, man? What are you watching? What are you playing? Uh, right now, I've been watching Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Season 3. Oh, God. You're watching that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, I'm loving it. And then uh been watching the playoffs. Um, oh, my God. Uh, been pretty good. And then yeah. uh, playing, I'm still playing Call of Duty, and I'm still playing uh, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. just waiting for uh, Squeaky to get on one of these days. Oh, I remember last week we were recording at Push a Talk, and he's like, oh my God. I'm going to be playing, and he said the words, <laughs> I'm going to make you proud of me. And let's do a follow-up, guys. He has not logged on since. <laughs> so so <proud>. in the- <laughs> Well, I've been getting. I have a long uh, list of video games that I need to uh, finish, and I'm uh, getting proud of myself because I'm actually going through that list now. So, yeah. on a side note, yeah. he's saying all those words <laughs> into a two hundred dollar World of Warcraft microphone. So, I'm just saying he's supposed I to be a wild fan. Up, I wanna... And <laughs> <laughs> I just got this game. Like, I got games I haven't even opened yet, so it's time to like really fucking knock some shit out. But I haven't well, had. It... Anyway, anyway, yeah. <laughs> what have you been playing though? Like, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? All right, so I went back to uh, Final Fantasy VII. I'm playing that one. I'm, I'm getting pretty close. I think yeah. I, I think because I Google how many hours it is and whatnot, I about maybe like five hours left. Uh, playing some Death Stranding still here and there. Uh, playing some Godfall, but that game is a fucking mess. Uh, for the fact that uh, it still has frame rate issues. So if Maker Godfall yes. is listening to this podcast, please fix it because it's getting pretty frustrating. Uh, watching wise, let's see. I'm watching uh, Lupin, which is a French show on Netflix. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. On top of that is uh, WandaVision, and I think that's an A plus show. We will be discussing <laughs> that later on for review for WandaVision, and we want to hear your feedback on that one too. Especially, we'll get into that, but um, that's what we were discussing beforehand is like how much we may be a little bit biased or just understand the show better than others. So we'll see. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, as for myself, been watch rewatching Vice Principles. I just finished watching. 
uh, Righteous Gemstones. I don't just like again. I don't know why they just kind of like came up and watch advice. And then I'm reading The Wave, uh, a book that I've been wanting for a while that I'm reading right now. And that's basically all I've been doing. Uh, Vice Principals, are you on season two or what? There's two seasons, right? It's only two seasons. I've already watched them before. Okay. I'm just kind of rewatching them again. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've seen season two though, so I might have to check it out. Season two gets turned up. It's crazy. Season two. Yeah, yeah. I remember how the first one ended. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So if you remember the first one where the, um one of them gets shot, yeah, they they try to figure out who that is, and it mm. makes sense who it is, but it's it's pretty. It's a fun season. Yeah, it's good. Okay. This episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you by NordVPN. We love streaming shows from Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, etc. But there is some content we do not have access to because of where we live. With NordVPN, we can change our IP address to a nation that gains access to the series we want to watch. Do they not have Hulu or Disney Plus in your country? Not a problem. Grab NordVPN and change your location to the US. You'll be watching along with us. There is also the amazing safety aspects. Staying safe online is an ever-growing difficulty and you could be exploited by hackers. NordVPN allows you to change your IP address, making you harder to track, securing your privacy. Check out the link in the description to pay as little as $3.71 per month for the two-year plan. And thanks to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode. Uh, so let's get into the news of the week. A couple of real quick things that are actually not on the notes. Uh, most of this is for Squeaks. Squeaks, have you seen those new Mortal Kombat images that are coming for the new Mortal yes. Kombat movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> What are your thoughts on those? Uh, that, that Sub-Zero to me looked really good. Yeah, I think it actually looks a little uh, pretty good. Kung Lao and uh, Liu Kang. Sub-Zero looked nice. Um, I just don't know what... Uh, I'm just curious with the images, like where we're at, what's the setting? How are we getting everybody together? What are we doing? That's only my thought I have. What kind of story do you yeah. think they can do? Um, Probably the t- uh, typicals where, say, there's a warlock that wants to take over the world uh say uh quan chi quan chi yeah wants to take over some shit and they want to stop him so just super basic but uh i don't know how i'm explaining it but they could do a dimension thing because that's what a lot of Mortal Kombat is is different dimensions coming together so i could see that too but i'm just curious on how far they'll actually go with that with the first movie yeah. and maybe that's something that they could continue with like a two or three or something that'd be great so far it looks yeah. like they're putting a lot more effort into well yeah, a lot more effort into this one than they have in the past, I think. You know what? I was really staring at one of the images with Jax, and it looked possibly yes. looked like he was uh, pushing a hammer uh, with Shao Kahn. And so I think we get that. I don't know if you, you've seen the images, like the really big buff tall guy wearing mm-hmm. this like, skull mask. Right. Uh, so that's him. So we could get something like that to where he wants to uh, have some power take over or something. So um, that was just me really staring at that image because I feel like that could be the villain that they don't want to show off yet. Yeah, Jax's arms look yeah. super good. Like cuz it's all the yeah. metal CGI. They they've done very very well with those. Instead of just like this like metal sleeve, it actually looks like there's a robotic arm on him. Yeah. You know? They did a good job with yeah. that. Who owns Mortal Kombat? Uh I think WB d- uh, publishes the games if I'm right, if I remember right, but NetherRealms creates the games. Cuz I'm thinking if they if it was somebody that had, you know, the money of Disney or somebody big owned it. It'd be really cool to kind of reverse the roles, like how uh, we have the MCU. Mortal Kombat is based off of a bunch of these people coming together. But if you could build a little side story movie for each of these characters and then bring them together into the big Mortal Kombat, uh, that'd be pretty dope. Honestly, why not? Each movie would be different, too, because yeah. you got uh, characters from all over the place. So you could have an action 
like a uh like a uh, I don't know, double seven, but like a really like a Rambo action movie yeah. next to like a like a kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of yeah. neat. Then bring them all together. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably fuck it up though. <laughs> yeah, you gotta somebody's got a lot of money to put into it. I'm keeping all my expectations for the Mortal Kombat movie really tempered because the original ones were a train wreck, and um, I mean people remember them fondly, but they were kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, but it was really bad. And well, I feel that like that game's too hard to make a movie out of. It's it's pretty much basically a fighting game, and it's not like there's sides or anything like that. Yeah, I feel like it's it's too hard to make a movie out of a fighting game. Like you're gonna make a Street Fighter game. I mean, I feel like it'd still also be hard too to make. Uh, not, well, not I'm gonna, Street Fighter game. Movie, yeah, I can sorry. argue that though because every video game has this uh pretty good campaign, and that's why I was saying like every campaign is like this dimension thing. So I feel like the movie's there for them. Don't change the script. Just put in some. In a movie theater where there's more more of an audience. And I think that's Daniel. the benefit of a fighting game is you don't have a very in-depth script. You don't have a whole lot of a backstory like pre-made for these characters. You just kind of get a bunch of characters together and they fight. So you can write an individual movie for each one with a elaborate a backstory. Yeah. You know, they have a little bit of a backstory, but you can elaborate on it however you want, open-ended, and kind of build it into, you know, the world that you want to make for them. Daniel, have you played any of the newer Mortal Kombat's? No, I only played uh, Super Nintendo, and I was like, you know what? Graphics-wise, it's about the same, so I don't, I don't think I need to really get the new ones. Well, the story, <laughs> yeah, right. Graphics the same. Uh, the story-wise, though, that's that's why because uh, back then the story was just like, yeah, you're climbing these tiers. Yeah. But the story yeah. now is this whole multi-dimensional jumping around in time too, and like trying to like reverse because they like they try to combine multiple universes and stuff. So there's a lot of lot of story to it now. It's just, yeah, I remember playing on the Sega Genesis and just being like, yeah, I like the guy that kicks along the thing, or I like the one that freezes people. Like that's all I really mattered. And yeah, but so, what? Uh, go ahead, Squeaky. Oh, well, I was gonna say what you can really do since WB publishes the games is uh, there was a game back last generation that was, uh, uh, and they have one now too, but Mortal Kombat vs DC in a way. Yeah. So if they really want to have this dimension thing, have some crazy ass movie where shit sub-zero scorpion pops up and you got batman in the same scene That'd be yeah cool. they always seem to bring in those Damn. deals and then to me injustice is such a great storyline too the comic book and oh, stuff yeah. like that and injustice would be I, I don't i don't trust wb to do it but injustice would be a phenomenal story people here where batman mm-hmm. is this like world leader dictator or i'm sorry superman is and then batman's leading like a ragtime ragtag group of people with harley quinn to stop him and so it's just like such a great story so uh, yeah. hopefully that someday gets used to. Do you All think right. it, it would be better to make a series instead of a movie for yes. Mortal Kombat? <clears throat> I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. No. Gives him more time to, like what John said, was developing each character's yeah. background. Like give you more time for that instead of just trying to fit it all in one, one, one uh, clip. And I think we're starting to see that, that miniseries can be just as profitable as movies. Because uh, the mo- movies don't seem to be the, the grand hits they used to be. But some miniseries like, you know, like Game of Thrones or The Queen's Gambit or something like that just gets a lot of attention. So as long as they market it right, they can probably make as much money as they could on a movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other one that we really don't have notes for, but we're just going to mention real quick is uh, the Daredevil joining Spider-Man 3. So um, this is all rumors is the reason we haven't written an article for it and like that. It's all on rumors right now. And then if you look at it, it's like Hyper Beast and stuff. I can't stand how much Hyper Beast is so full of shit all the time but um 
these different websites, what they'll do is they'll write an article about what sounds cool and what could be possible, plausible, plausible. And then because it just sounds so cool, people like will share it and then it gets multiplied. And then other, a lot of websites, what they'll do is they'll take other people's articles, make a new article out of that. And we do that too for the podcast, you know, but nevertheless. So, um, for now, the sources on this are not very credible, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. It's still very much in the air and very possible. I actually think it is going to happen just because it's it's easy to do and, and Cox is real cheap. So, um, okay. So what do you guys think about Daredevil from Netflix joining Spider-Man 3 with this whole multiverse thing? Um, I think I think it'd be pretty... Uh, pre- I think there's a lot of fans that want to see Daredevil come back again. And uh, I actually enjoyed this Daredevil on Netflix. Uh, my issue with the Netflix episode is that I wanted to see more of him in a suit. I remember like season three, it was kind of like they took it away from him because there was an imposter. It's like, okay, I'm over that shit. Give me straight up Daredevil. I want him like flying through the buildings with his uh, batons or whatever the shit he uses. Yeah. Um, but that's my version that I want to see. I don't want to see someone that's just starting to become a Daredevil again. So yeah. if they could do it like that. I mean, this is the third Spider-Man movie, so Spider-Man, Spider-Man now, you know. So Presumably, Daredevil, yeah, Daredevil. This would be just a full-on Daredevil that got thrown into his universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be good. I think it'd be a good connection to make. Um, like Sweeks is saying, he's a he's been Daredevil for a few seasons now, so he's he's pretty good. Like you know, obviously the fans haven't completely rejected him yet. Um, so I think it's a good time to integrate him into one of the MCU movies. And for him, he's actually in the, he wouldn't have to do the multiverse thing because um, in the Daredevil series, they're in the same series or same timeline as like Thor and our, our main cast, right? The regular MCU. They wouldn't even need to do like the multiverse for him. They he just they just have to show him up a little bit and then they're good. Um, and I think that this is the year that they're free to start making a new Daredevil series too, actually. So uh, Disney Plus might take that. We don't know. We'll have to see what happens with that. I'm down for that, but. We'll see. Spider-Man 3 is looking real crazy. So, I mean, in an exciting way, but just, I mean, like, everybody who's ever touched a Spider-Man project is in this one. I mean, they've, they've already been talking to, like, Sam Raimi about, like, what would you do with this? And it's just it's just crazy. It's really cool. But um, I mean, it's almost like the next uh, Captain America Civil War. It's, it's like, oh, that you don't even think it's a Captain America movie. You think it's just an Avengers movie, really, because it's just a mashup of all these characters. Yeah. Uh, and this could be yeah. the launch of Sinister Six, which is really exciting, because that, that's a whole new franchise that we could be following yeah i just hope they commit if they put this daredevil in in a uh, spider-man movie they need to be sure they're going to keep him because i hate when they like all the different spider-mans we've had luckily we got to tom holland and he's really good but i don't want to see you know they change they get him in a movie and then the next movie they decide to change who's playing daredevil yeah yeah i think i'd rather i'd rather see just his own movie because that ben affleck movie was horrible and i liked it with <laughs> with with all the like spider-mans that are coming back into it i think that's already huge i don't think you should add daredevil i feel like you're gonna get the like the superman versus batman thing like yeah that's, that's why i'm like i'd rather just see his own movie we know he could play the role let's let's just get a movie out there with just him I but there's a lot of I comics out there worry. with daredevil <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of comics out there that are all uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil working together, so I think that's yeah. kind of what they're... Yeah, well, just like... But that's what Daniel's saying. There's a lot of Batman and Superman comic books out there, too. Doesn't mean the movie is going to be good. <laughs> there's a train wreck. Yeah. And and it's like... 
this is exciting. Like we're all hyped for this, but we've been hurt in the past. Don't Martha me on this. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just a little mm-hmm. bit worried that like, let's make sure this works. Let's make sure that it's still Tom Holland being a badass Spider-Man and not just be like, and now this guy, and now that yeah. guy, you know, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, again, like I, we're just throwing more on this. I really hope they use this opportunity to introduce Miles Morales because after the PS5 game and just, you know, the, the animated Miles Morales is awesome. He's getting his own comic book series coming up. Uh, the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, that's not right. Clone Saga. Uh, they're basically <laughs> rebooting that franchise with him uh, later on this year. So he's getting a, a really cool comic book storyline that's going to be really neat. So this is a good time to bring Miles Morales in. He can really vo- revitalize Spider-Man in the in the uh, Marvel Universe. That'd be really cool. All right. Yeah. Let's jump to the uh, uh, open world Star Wars game that got announced by Ubisoft. Uh, CEO um, Yves Golomont, I've said that name so many times that I never do it right, revealed uh, that Ubisoft is working on this open world Star Wars game. Uh, this new project is going to be in collaboration with Lucasfilm Games, which also got announced this week. Like Lucasfilm Game got announced one day, and then like Indiana Jones the day after that they're working on, and then this is the day after that. Um, this is going to be done by Julian uh, Greerty. He's the one that did Division 2. Daniel, uh, you played a lot of Division 2. Do you think that the guy that made that game could make a good Star Wars game? No. That game, yeah. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> he, early game, yeah, it would probably be amazing. But when it comes to late game content, probably gonna be horrible. Like, well, more Division Two was like a MMO ish kind of game, so there's like no content. The game was good, but it just got really boring towards the end. There wasn't enough content to keep you entertained and keep you going throughout the whole story. Well, and, and the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is is the big change from Division 1 to Division 2 was the fact that they really embraced the online aspects to it, which was lackluster, really. Um, I'm hoping that they don't do that here. I'm hoping that this doesn't become like this big online kind of convoluted mess that it can be. And instead, I want a, I want like a story-driven single-player game I think would be a lot better, in my opinion. Um, I think we've gotten... It's kind of tough because we've gotten both before. Uh, if I would like to see multiplayer, but I don't want to see it as like a division, I would want to invite you to certain missions, maybe kind of okay. ordeal, kind of like division, but I don't want to see a bunch of players just running around to be honest, because mm-hmm. I still want to feel immersed in the universe myself. Uh, I think ultimately this is a, a super good move for the fact that, uh, we get to have brought in the minds of what people can bring into the star Wars universe instead of just EA, um, having the ball and chain on it. Um, so I think even if it's a mess, okay, well, Lucasfilm, Lucas, what is it? Lucasfilm's games? Arts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas Arts games, right? No, not Lucas Something. Arts anymore. It's Lucasfilm games. Lucasfilm games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, they just be like, well, we learned from Ubisoft, so, you know, go to fucking Rare. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I, I, to, I am on board Go to the next that. company. See, <laughs> you know? see if Space Thieves or whatever, I'm down for that, whatever we keep, keep renaming <laughs> that game. Um. Jonathan, you're currently playing an Assassin's Creed, right? And yeah. and Ubisoft is well known for their formula. You discover a new area, you climb something, you you see more of it, you do the side quest, you get the main mission, yada yada yada. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a pretty familiar formula. I freaking love it clearly because I play all the Far Cry's and Assassin's Creed and whatnot, and Divisions. Uh, they said that they're going to try to diverge from that. Do you think that they should stick with the old formula or try to make something new? Well, they know the the old formula works. They've you know used it over and over again, but. I'm sure people are getting tired of, you know, being able to predict how the game's going to go. And like I'm seeing in Assassin's Creed Origins, there's turns and twists and a little bit of, you know, different areas. You have a different challenge, a different kind of gameplay for a little bit, and then it goes back to the standard. Um, But I think it's good to keep it, 
you know, ever changing, mix it up, try a new format and see if people like it. If they don't throw it away, start over, go back to the drawing board, listen to your consumers, listen to the gamers. Yeah. And once you come up with something like you look back at when League of Legends started, that was nobody had ever played a game or barely any games like that. I guess was it Dota just before it. But, Dota, yeah, before that. But it wasn't uh, a very common type of platform of a game, and then it just blew up like crazy. So maybe they'll find that next big, you know, format that everybody likes. I'm hoping it turns out good. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, but like you said with the reskin, real quick, I just hope it isn't like, oh wow, this is literally I could feel. Assassin's Creed in this Star Wars game, it has to be totally different. Yeah, yeah. and that's what they're saying—they're going to do a different, uh, different type of format and everything, right? So I like—I mean, I like open-world yeah. games too. So like Assassin's Creed, you know, is, but I'm hoping they kind of take, take some from that and take some from all the other, you know, popular open-world games and learn what everyone else is doing and then try to make something a little unique out of it. Mm. I love Far Cry. I wish they would do a Far Cry, just third-person Far Cry, because. Those always feel like you're against insurmountable odds. Like you're 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 fighting with rebels that are fighting uh, something that's beating you. I mean, how Star Wars is that? And so, um, really, if you take Far Cry and you reskin that one, and then just put it in third person, you have a perfect Star Wars game. Make it to where you landed on Tatooine, or better yet, an unknown planet, and you're sitting there with a small rebel group, and you're trying to fight this this uh new empire that landed there i don't know there's, there's something there that i think would be super easy that you just take the, yeah that's that's far cry 5 4 3 that's all of them and so it's really really easy to do and i think it would be fantastic i can't let far cry to be honest with you can i say something uh, real quick about this no you cannot oh, <laughs> so, no, shut the fuck up so, <laughs> sit there. well I'm, I'm sitting here i'm like i'm i'm i got ideas okay dude yeah with uh what squeaks was saying it'd be cool to be able to invite people to your game to play well, I was thinking, well, hopefully they actually have, like, you you get to build your ship and then you get to fly in space, like, do all that stuff. And then it would be cool to have, like, racers, like, you're pretty much racing. What's that when, when they're it's racing? Pod racing. Pod racing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. you could, like, yes. join multiple people and race. Whoever wins yeah. gets, like, money or whatever like that. It would be cool if they add uh, aspects to the game like that, like... Just racing, space stuff, uh, just that battling could be the each other. Of it. Yeah, squadrons yeah. and stuff. Like yeah, you could add a little like bit of that. squadrons in there. That's a good idea. Th- that'd be pretty cool to see, like a, a open world game. You get to see not everybody in it, like like wow, but like a few amount of people. But you get to play against multiple people in like racing, doing stuff, mm. fighting, anything like that, like a coliseum. Like you're battling each other. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Something like yeah, that. Great PvP hubs. Yeah. yeah. And like I haven't played WoW in a long time, but I like how, you know, if you wanted to do uh to put things in the market and stuff like that, you had to go like to Orgamar to the market. So that's like a common place where everybody was at, right? Yeah. Then yeah. if you had something like that where, you know, you're out in space, but oh yeah, I need to get to that other planet. You know, I need to get Coruscant. to whatever it is. Yeah, of course not. And I want to land there and I have my pod racer, you know, I'm paying every month or whatever. 20 gold or something to store my pod in a, in a storage facility here. So I have to go check on it and I've, you know, earning money to be able to do the next upgrade so I could be in a race. And then, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be a pod racer, some people might want to be getting uh, new droids, battle droids, so they can go and attack some kind of raiders or something like that, and infiltrate a base. And you and your friends, you log on and you save up and you find the materials and then you can do that kind of thing. Like make it very, you just got to make it a ginormous, you know, galaxy in the game. But I mean, really cool to have, like like you're saying open world enough to where you can 
just go pod race if that's the thing you want to do and earn gold in the game or you know have a million different routes you can take this is starting yeah. to feel like what cyberpunk was supposed to be <laughs> yeah let's throw, throw away cyberpunk game. and start over with <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i think we just designed a game better than anything ubisoft's gonna make so <laughs> now we're setting ourselves up for a disappointment advisors <laughs> Like I can't wait for this game to come out, but I know it's not gonna happen. All the stuff that we just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we just named like the next four DLC packs that are gonna be added to. Uh, it. Uh, okay, speaking of CD Project or you know uh, um, <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, there's a new article by Jason uh, Schreier that this guy's a freaking legend. If you guys don't follow Jason Schreier on Twitter, please do. He makes articles for Bloomberg. He used to work for Kotaku. Uh, I, have you guys had a chance to to read this at all, what, what he was uncovering? I didn't think so. I made sure you guys just didn't hear about this too much. Okay, so he interviewed uh, a little over 20 different former empl- or former and current employees of CD Projekt Red. They're, or CD Projekt. They're the ones that are working on uh, Cyberpunk. And some this whole thing of like, well, the game was just buggy. And oh, it was, you know, the COVID pandemic and, and everything like that was why this all got delayed. He kind of unveiled a lot of things that were like, no, they just did a bad job making the game. One of the things he discovered is that there was a big push for overtime and crunch and stuff like that, especially towards the end of this thing, which that makes sense coming out of Jason. He's kind of the first guy to break the story on on crunch being a problem. He says they set up a bunch of unrealistic time uh, uh, time frames and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, and then. One of the big things that they had, one of the big the controversies is they when they revealed this thing on t- 2018, when they revealed the first demo that people were able to check out this demo. That was a totally fake demo. That wasn't even the game at all. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's huge. That's just false advertisement. They showed a character embarking on a mission and, and giving a grand tour of the city and the city crime, crime life and stuff like that. All of that was faked entirely. So there's this whole thing. It was like a reskinned version of what they're planning on. And it kind of just was a shame, you know? Uh, another thing is that the E3 in 2019, June 2019, CD Projekt Red announced that the game will be coming out April 16th, 2020. The fans were excited, but the actual employees thought it was a joke. They're like, no, this game's not going to be done until 2022. So they announced that it's coming out that soon and two years before what they planned on it being done by. And like they were even passing around. I didn't put it here. They're passing around like memes in the office of like them getting it done in time, like this imaginary thing mm-hmm. that was going to happen. So they knew from the get this just was not a realistic release date. So 2022, guys, that's a year from now even. And and that's without a pandemic in the way. So it probably would have gotten pushed to late 2022, maybe 2023, when they realistically thought this thing was going to get done. Um, they said that the main focus around the office, different from Witcher 3, Witcher 3's main focus, which is kind of the game that got their popularity. Um, the focus on that was like, let's reinvent Witcher, let's make Witcher great. Uh the focus on this one was all about like advertising the game before it came out. So around the office was all about like creating hype. Let's do videos of us making the game. Let's do this. It's like, like creating the social media buzz, not so much on the product itself and stuff like that. Uh, and then there was also a big problem with language barriers. They forced all the employees to speak English. Although it's a Polish company, they have branches everywhere. And then they kept comparing themselves to like, we're going to do as good as rockstar guys. We're going to do as good as rockstar rockstar uses, thousands of employees across multiple studios around the world when uh cd project tried to do 500 which Witcher was like 250 around there 240 i think it was but they did 500 employees and forcing them all to speak english even though that's not the native tongue for many of their employees so they have this whole thing where they were trying to sit there and translate everything this whole time is a very interesting article do you think that 
this was doomed from the get-go. Uh, do you think they need to be found liable for all this? Jonathan, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it sounds like it was terribly mismanaged, like, from the start, from the top. But, yeah, I think, I mean, they're, to an extent, they should be held liable for promoting something that was incomplete. You know, like you're talking about, they're just working on marketing and not actually making a product. So they're advertising a hollow shell of a product. Um, and then any any kind of, uh, like, labor issues they have with these employees being forced to speak a language that isn't theirs and being forced to meet a deadline that's just completely unrealistic all of that they should be held accountable for outside of that they should be held accountable to the market because the consumers are saying hell no this game is garbage give me my money back so they should they should uh learn a hard lesson through all this this major failure yeah and then there's the the idea that they announced the very first announcement for cyberpunk was in 2020 or 2012 the game didn't come out and or didn't start development at all until 2016 and so it kind of gives you and then how they're talking about how like they're talking about hype this entire time. You could see how we were sold a false false goods, you know, because this entire time if they're hyping up the development, they're hyping up the game and they're not actually making any progress on the game itself, that's false advertisement the entire time. And mm-hmm. especially if you were an investor in the company thinking like, "Oh, they got this monster coming out." Yeah. No, they don't have a monster coming out. They have a great Instagram post. That yeah. doesn't mean that they have a great game. Makes you wonder so. if somebody in the, like if the CEO or whatever was planning on inflating their value and then selling off the the branch or the yeah, rights to the shady. game or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Squeaks, what I, are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, this pisses me off to the max. Like right now, I just actually did the refund two more times on my PlayStation listening to to the story um, because I never got my refund the first time. So now I'm just like, no, nah, now I'm extra pissed because yeah, you're 100 percent need to be reliable. If you if you if you are promising this product and you're not doing it, and you're straight up just saying, yeah, yeah, we're not going to be able to do it or whatever the case may be yeah 100 percent. you should take the fall i don't give a shit what there's no reasoning or excuse behind it and that's just workforce period like i mean come on now yeah um and it, it's a it's just a shame that you were hyping up this thing for so many years and this is and this is what it is i mean come on i mean it was almost like kingdom hearts 3 really just not as bad i mean but that's a very good no that's a very good comparison (laughs) where it was so much about the hype and not about the game and then when the game came out you're like oh it's cinematics and then i get to play some stuff in between it's basically what the entire thing was and i super am enjoying the game i installed it right now though until everything got fixed but uh and i i'm doing the refund i've been trying to do the refund uh for the fact the principle behind it i mean i enjoy the game i enjoy this story i think it's super action-packed um the glitches that i'm kind of like in carrying can be ignored but it's just the principle behind that. You guys knew you were coming out with this shit game. Um, I mean, Sin still sold it. I mean, still sold it to customers. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super upset. About it. I don't think even uh, I'm assuming Witcher is a different team and stuff. I think CD Project Red is just not going to really get my money anymore. I'm, I mean, I, I enjoy Witcher 3. I have, I'm have. i only like eight hours in. I'm not like a fanatic like other, others are. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I will buy a Project Red uh, game ever again, really. Well, that's one thing that, that Jason mentions too is that this entire thing is all about recuperating their uh, their image because Witcher made them amazing, yeah. like they made them like this legendary yeah. company, and then to go and tarnish it this bad, the reason now they're having to catch up and make up for everything. It's like when EA came with Anthem, it was like, well, don't touch EA again, which we were already kind of, you know, but anyways, don't touch EA again, and they had to kind of sit there and rebuild the game and stuff like that to kind of build back that team. And this isn't the same team that did Witcher; it's just that they expanded on it because they knew it was going to be such a big endeavor but too big because they ended up cutting a bunch of features. And if you're looking at the, the employees 
thought this game was coming out in 2020, just like looking at what they're projecting, that means that right now we'd be doing beta tests on this thing, early beta tests on this game. And here they had a full release. Uh, Daniel, did you end up buying this game? I'm just wondering. Uh, yes, I did. And I was uh, greatly uh, disappointed. It's annoying. It's super annoying that they they release this product, especially for those people that actually don't go out and buy every single game release. Yeah. And the way it was so hyped, like I was looking forward to it. Well, yeah, me and too. I could, you know, I could afford to buy different games, but I only like to buy the ones sure. that are like look really good, you know. And I was like super excited for Cyberpunk. And then they do this. Uh, like Squeak said, I'm probably not going to buy any more games through that company ever again. And I, if I could, I would return my game. But I already have over two hours on Steam time. So, yeah. which is kind of bullshit. And they should. We should. Are they not honoring that? They, so, so real quick, Daniel. No, you, you, they're not honoring it on Steam. But you can go to CD Projekt Red and actually get it. So CD Projekt is doing the refund. So oh, you go to okay. them and get the return. I actually returned mine on Steam as well. Um, so we got three returns there. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, okay, well, now you guys are set up like EA. So, okay, now we know that. So when a new game comes out, I'll wait a sec. When Ubisoft, I might not like their, pra- their practices, I will buy a game day one from them yeah. in confidence. That being said, this latest Assassin's Creed is full of bugs, and they're fixing it right now. But I still, you know, and then uh, the Far Cry 6, I'm buying that day one for sure, right? And then that's the same thing for for um, Rockstar games. When Rockstar comes out with a new game, I'm buying it day one. I trust them. CD Projekt Red was that, and it's not that anymore. Now I'm going to wait like I do with an EA game. I'll wait for Squ- Star Wars Squadron to come out and take a few bumps. Then I'll buy it later on. Kind of. That's where we're at. And I, don't, I never knew much about CD Projekt Red until Witcher 3. So it's like, okay, are you a one-game company? Like, I mean, you reference EA, but EA is kind of like all over the place, yeah. you know, with the sports games and racing and all, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Star Wars. Well, I mean, th- me personally, I'm not going to look it up or anything, but what else is there besides Witcher? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's yeah, exactly. That, Witcher is uh, kind of like the namesake. And before that, I don't I don't remember what it was. I don't think there was anything major that they yeah. were working on, but that was really just down to Witcher, really. Yeah. So. I wonder if these lawsuits are going to get them shut down, if they'll be able to afford to keep operating after all this. They're going to take a hit because the, the worst problem is the lawsuits are coming from investors so you're you're actually losing investors on this so it will take mm-hmm. a big hit and they might need to they might actually need to kind of reset things and like hey guys let's downscale a little bit let's work on fixing cyberpunk um because the world of cyberpunk the game of cyberpunk is great it's just that you guys botched yeah. it and do so if think- they could fix that that's great do you think there's anybody who could do a good job at buying what's left of cyberpunk and and re- you know fixing it spending a couple more years investing into it to Microsoft. make it right yeah, I think yeah. Microsoft could do that. Yeah, Rockstar I think games. if you give it to a, I think if you give it to a, um, Bethesda, since they kind of some way do that, <laughs> they're familiar with fixing first bugs. Person. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just based. I was just basing off of um, first person, huge open world game, Skyrim. I mean, um, I'm kind of thinking of whoever oh, the other one, whoever buys them buys. Well, Bethesda's now Microsoft too, but um, whoever buys them buys the company, and so I'm thinking Microsoft would be really good for that because. Yeah, you know they're they're really good with global developers and stuff like that. Really good. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to force everybody to speak English if they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. so weird. Yeah, it's just kind of it, it. It was a really great article, guys. I've already retweeted it. I'm going to make sure to tweet it the day this uh, episode comes out, so you guys can read it. Please follow Jason. He does fantastic work. Usually, when he comes out with one of these new hit, uh, hard hitting pieces, we like to review it just because it's it's really good work. And and um, he's over at Bloomberg now, but he was at. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the new Indiana Jones game. 
Okay, we have a new Indiana Jones game coming out from Bethesda and Machine Games. They did Wolfenstein. Uh, and this is also going to be uh, in collaboration with Lucasfilm's games as well. Uh, they revealed that Todd Howard himself will be the producer on it. He's the guy that heads Bethesda. Uh, it's going to be a whole new story. It's not going to be retelling any of the movies. Uh, although this is the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first Indiana Jones game. And we have a new indie coming that stars Harrison Ford. So it's kind of like revitalizing the entire brand right now. Um, but let's talk about this game. What do you guys want to see out of this? Uh, I want to see something new. Um, change it up. Make it, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of another game I've played recently that has the same kind of feel, but I haven't played a, I mean, I'm playing Assassin's Creed right now. <laughs> I haven't played anything similar uh, in a while. Um, but yeah, just make it make it unique and and make a good new storyline. Don't try to. I mean, like you're saying, they're not following any of the movies. Um, yeah. Just yeah, make it make it something unique. Make it new. Get us hooked on the game instead of just hooked on movies and then making a game afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Squeeze. Do you think they'll just reskin Uncharted? No. Oh, okay. So that's what I don't want to see is an Uncharted Tomb Raider game. Right. And with Indiana Jones, I mean, watching these movies, there are gun scenes, right? But it's not. To me, like the huge focus of Indy himself, it's always that whip and then just kind of getting out of this this trouble. So I'm kind of nervous if they're going to lean that to entertain us so much that they're going to lean more into the the guns. So I'm kind of hoping that they can find a way to keep us really engaged without that. Um, uh, also, is what I would <laughs> just like to see is kind of not risk like things brought up in from the movie, like okay, so a boulder chasing you and you gotta you kind of run away from it. What I would like is kind of like references like that. So instead of a boulder, something else that fits the setting that we're in. But you kind of still like, oh, man, that kind of reminded me of that, that, I don't know, number two or number whatever, like a little reference. I think that'd be kind of a little fun, little tie-ins. Okay. Uh, going for all of you guys, is there anything you could hear about the development of this game that would sell you on a day one purchase? Atlantis. I'll give you, would you say Atlantis? Yep. If they if find there's a lost city of Atlantis and he has to go explore it, that would be so dope. That would totally change the setting. That'd be cool. And now I'm thinking that like mm. that Disney princess is down there that Daniel likes and stuff. Oh like that. man, <laughs> they keep be on board. Shit. For me, it'd be uh, uh, John Williams mm-hmm. is going to be composing the score for it. If, if they said that like the original composer is going to be doing the music for this, and so we get that classic mm. Indiana Jones just right sound, but he has a good way of like making something loopable and and catchy and stuff like that, and so identifiable. If they were to make it say like he's the one doing the music for this game, day one purchase, be all board. I think me would be like uh the gameplay trailers that they'll release. Like I really want to feel like each level or each chapter, whatever they'll do with it, is something different. I want to be like okay, if I'm uh, using my whip, getting out of danger, but the next chapter I'm driving a jeep, um, kind of like what Uncharted does here and there. But I want more of differences in each chapter. I don't want to feel like I'm just doing the same thing. Okay. So definitely not that open world Ubisoft feel. You want something? Oh no, no. On I'm, rails, I'm, I'm expecting like a straight storyline. I, I mean, this is not nothing said was open world, right? Okay, nothing. No, no. So. no there's no details except for the Indian Jones. Yeah. Okay. Story. God, I hope not. I hope it's not open world. To be honest. I mean, do you it like be closer... a game that's really like challenging? Like a you have to solve a puzzle, but they don't give you any pieces to it, kind of thing. Or do you want it to be kind of fuck? No, I out? don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no. Even in the films, he's solving puzzles. So this is a good chance there's gonna be a lot of puzzles. Oh yeah, game. a lot of strategy involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know because Uncharted has some puzzles too. Yeah, they're not crazy, but they are like okay. After a little while, if you can't really find that little tiny ass thing like on the ground, it'll kind of hint it to you. 
I didn't even think of that aspect of it, but it might. Hopefully they do that. They do it something more like, oh man, I'm really hooked into it because puzzles kind of like slow the gameplay down. You're like, okay, let me try to figure it out. And then it kind of speeds back up. Yeah. So hopefully they'll do something to where solve something. Okay. Kind of like Sea of Thieves, you know, remember we were in that cave and yeah. the water was flowing up, but we were had to solve the puzzle. Something like that to really like, oh shit, come on, hurry up now. Yeah. yeah. Makes it a race. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this? I'm thinking, Daniel, uh, do you think this could be like a Last of Us feel? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible that, yeah, but I was more hoping it's like the open world puzzle, like John said. That was my thing, the whole puzzle thing. But it's like puzzle throughout the, the thing. Like, you get a map, you gotta figure out where to go. And then, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then mm. when you get there, like what Squeaks was saying, like all of a sudden stuff is happening in the cave and stuff, and you have to figure out what to do. Like something like that would be cool, but also I feel like it would give me a headache. So I don't know. <laughs> like portals, like that, that idea, game, though. that game gave me a headache. So I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. something like that. Hopefully it's not too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll have an easy mode, like story mode or whatever. It could just be like, I love cinematics. Looking at looking at you two walkthroughs throughout the whole game <laughs> as you're playing. You had the two screens. Use the second one for that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good idea though because like that's part of Indiana Jones is like kind of a uh, Carmen San Diego thing where you're trying to solve where the next gen de- uh, destination is, not necessarily just like how to get past this room, which you're doing that too. But I do like that idea of like him trying to figure out like clues to figure out. Oh, okay, I have to go to Egypt or whatever. You know, name yeah. place. I just did Egypt, yeah. but yeah, but. An open world game of that would be just, it'd just be too much. And I feel like yeah. it'd get really boring. I mean, what are you going to do? Just look for lost treasure the whole yeah. time? Or if, so. it's, if it's like Sea of Thieves, when we do the, uh, the actual quests that are in the game, but more detailed because the maps are really simple and Sea yeah. of Thieves would make it a lot, yeah. you know, 10 times the definition and everything. I think that would be you know pretty cool and like how the map unveils something new when you go into a different area or you know once you get to one place then you find a new map and it's like oh well this wasn't the treasure like national treasure this wasn't the treasure this was the next clue to find the treasure kind of thing yeah, yeah. kind of cool that would feel very unique i like that idea that's a totally unique idea that you know uh, yes yeah, thieves does it and it's been done a couple times but not to the degree of a triple a indiana jones game yeah Hopefully, hopefully, if they're going to do something like that with puzzle base, whatever, hopefully they make it like a co-op game. So like you're indie, but you also have a um, trainee or whatever, or a student with oh, you. Oh, it could be a short round. So, <laughs> yeah. so somebody could like play as that, that student and then yeah. both help try to solve these clues, getting through the story. I think that would be kind of kind of cool little story to see. That would be. That's a good idea. Might as well. All right, let's talk about this next thing, Jonathan. I'm all over here. This is all yours, man. Uh-oh. So Martian Manhunter's joining the Snyder Cut. Uh, he's This is going to be his DCEU premiere. So now he's going to be part of the DCEU universe. Uh, he originally was in the original cut for this, and he's being added in. He's going to be played by Harry Lennox. Um, he's going to be... Uh, he was originally played as David Harwood in the Supergirl show. So if you guys aren't familiar with who John Jones is, that's him. Uh, Jonathan. Can you explain a little bit about who Martian Manhunter is? Because I feel like he's like super underrated, super unknown for being as big of a badass as he is. Yeah, and I'm probably not the best person to explain it because it's been, God, 20 years since I've seen it. But I remember me and you both used to watch it in the original uh, Justice League animated series. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a really cool character. I remember his backstory was something like he was being hunted. His people from their planet were being hunted. And he, I think he fled. He was like the last of his people or something like that. He's right? the last one. His family died to the White Martians. Yeah, he's the last one. Yeah, and he landed on Earth. And then uh, I don't remember how it worked out, but he got with the Justice League. Yeah, uh, you, you probably remember better than me, but so uh, yeah, he he's the last of the of the Green Martians that we know of, and he's hunting down like one of the White Martians that went to Earth, and then mm-hmm. and then like Justice League helped him do that, and then he joined them. That's the New Fifty Two version, by the way. The older version's lame. That's the cooler story. But yeah, uh, he gets his power f- not from the sun, but from the moon, uh, the not the moon, uh, Mars, right, or something like that, or no? Or, I don't um, know if it's necessarily like from Mars. I think it's just because he's Martian that he's strong. Okay, because I, well, from like I know, like Smallville was like always off, but like I, I don't think he got his powers from the sun in uh, Smallville. I think he got it from like Mars or some some planet. I forget. Okay, That's yeah, I, I, I didn't even know that he was in Smallville. Yeah, they they added him, uh, and then he became an actual detective too, helping out. That's I love that. Yeah, his human form is a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. So, do you remember his powers, Frank? I know he could phase through yeah. things. Oh yeah, um, Dude, the, he, he honestly, Fine. he's in the comic books. He's actually fought in the entire Justice League before and done quite well. He's yeah. fought Superman plenty of times. He is a badass. So yes, he can phase through things. He can shape shift. He can fly, invisibility, telepath, te- uh, telekinesis, mm-hmm. and he has super strength and speed and all those other things. Like he's just kind of like the sweet. The only thing that's funny is like, and I love. Oh man, they even added something more to it. His weakness is fire. It's a super yeah. <laughs> basic weakness. He's just super bad about fire. But what's really cool in the comic book, they mentioned that I believe he's immune to fire. It's all in his head. Mm-hmm. So it's like actually just mentally he's a weak to fire, but that's not necessarily actually a weakness. We'll kill him. Yeah. Right. I just like that. The fact that it's like it's in your head, bro. And it's still like that's his weakness. It shuts him down. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. And and he's just smart. Like you're saying, you know, he's the detective in small version. So he he can compete with. Batman and Superman's intellectual ability to troubleshoot and find, you know, solutions around problems and stuff. So that makes yeah. it he's just a really cool character. So I'm hoping they do him right in this. That'd be that'd be exciting. Yeah, it, he was cool. He was like the head of the like alien affairs in Supergirl. They did a really good job with him. Uh, and we got to see a lot of his human form and stuff like that. But yeah, him as like a private eye is a really cool version. And I yeah. hope that they, they I think he would be great as an HBO Max series. Of him being an investigator, kind of like a Jessica Jones, that they did that, and then all of a sudden he busts out his, you know, uh, Martian Manhunter version to do whatever he needs to do, and he's kind of the one that runs Justice League's, the Hall of Justice while they're gone. He's also kind of the admin. Really, mm-hmm. Cyborg is kind of what's replacing him in current comics, like in, in recent comic iterations of Justice League. Cyborg's been the replacement, but before then it was Martian Manhunter, and uh, he's just an all-around badass. Uh, I gathered some reading recommendations if you guys want to learn more about Martian Manhunter. And we're going to try to do this more often, too, whenever we talk about like a new character, like when we're doing Hawkman and stuff. Um, Justice League International, number one, is a really good introduction to him. So is Justice League of America, number one. Um, the Martian Manhunter series that came out in 98, the first image, the first comic book, if you're looking for the cover, is like a side profile, like a 45-degree profile of his face real wide on the page. That's a really good introduction to him, too. And that kind of, um, that uses the old storyline a little bit, but it's a really good way to get into him. But yeah, so if you go to the New 52 version of Justice League of America, number one, and uh, Justice League International, check those out. All right, let's get into Deadpool. John's favorite uh, movie yes. is Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. We have confirmation it's going to be rated R. 
Uh, and everybody's excited about it. This is Kevin Feige that said this. Uh, he said this in an interview uh, with Collider. And uh, let me go ahead and read a statement. Here we go. Me reading out loud, guys, is always great. It will be rated R, and we are working on a script right now. And Ryan's is overseeing the script right now. It will, uh, it will not be filming this year. Ryan is very busy, very successful actor. We've got a number of things we've already announced that we are now that we now have to make. Uh, but it's exciting for it to have begun. Again, a very different type of character in the MCU. And Ryan is a force of nature, which is just awesome to see uh, him bring the character to life. So uh, an important part about that sentence, that, that, that statement there, is the fact that they're trying to bring Deadpool into the actual MCU. How do you think Deadpool's going to work with the other characters of the MCU? I don't think it works, honestly. <laughs> MCU is made... Family friendly kid show. You can, you know, dad can take the toddler to go watch the new Iron Man movie. You can't put somebody like Deadpool in there, at least not in central focus. He's got to be swinging through the background or something like that. But if he is a main character and he uses his mannerisms and profanity and stuff like that in front of your kids, then Marvel is going to be canceled. Like people are going to stop wanting to bring people our age would probably love it that would be great yeah. for the older people but yeah. marvel being able to incorporate the older generation and the next generation and keep you know kids interested in the future i don't think parents will take lightly to that so that's just me yeah i couldn't see like a toned down version of deadpool like there there's no way you have to have blood you have like that's that's what makes deadpool awesome he's just murdering people and He's just a badass character and funny. So I, I don't think you could actually see a, tone, a toned down version. Well, that's exactly right. And they're giving him an R rating because they're not going to tone him down at all. So then yeah. you're going to have this guy in the MCU that's not toned down at all. And I just wonder, I think maybe when it comes to an Avengers, he might just poke in for a bit to do a, a bit here and there and then bounce out. But they might have him do crossovers with other MCU characters like they've been doing a lot in the recent films. Uh, is there anybody you'd like to see him cross over with, join his film from the MCU? So what I'm thinking of, Disney just bought the whole deal with Fox. But Disney basically owning X-Men. Deadpool's really heavy on the X-Men side. So I'm thinking this could be a revamp, start of a revamp for X-Men. Um, and get those characters kind of like, I mean, a newer like Cyclops, Wolverine, um, Storm, and all the, them characters back. So I'm thinking this could be that opening door. Because if we're going to keep it R-rated... I think X-Men could be that one that's just slightly not R, but could be 13. And then if we add him, we just tone down the jokes to where they could be more of like a roasting yeah. instead of like, you know, so, you know, whatever the jokes that he's doing now. And that's kind of my thing. If we ever see him on the screen with, uh, let's see who's out there right now. So it's like Spider-Man. Um, it might just be more of a roast type of joking instead of like really vulgarish. I could see yeah. that. That would make sense. Yeah. If you sit in there like cracking on like, Oh, Iron Man, you're nothing without the suit kind of thing. Like, we kind of see them do a little bit now, but he would be better at it, of course. And better yeah, than me, of yeah, course. Yeah. I, think, I think they could see that, too. I think that'd be pretty funny. It'd be nice because, like you're saying, uh, the X-Men is detached enough from the MCU that they can be their own kind of thing, their own feel. So you can make that, ramp that up a little bit, like with the uh, New Mutants is a little bit different vibe, too. Uh, let X-Men be their more kind of dark, edgy platform. To have the movies and every once in a while when they touch bases when they cross over and stuff like that, it'd kind of be funny if uh, like Deadpool's about to say something vulgar 
And then Wolverine is like, hey, hey, watch your tongue. There's kids around. And he points at, you know, uh, Tom Holland points at Spider-Man and kind of reminds him like, hey, great. we got to keep this a little PG. Mm. We got some youngins in the room. Kind of. <laughs> That'd be I, funny. <laughs> I would I like to see that. Freaking wait until Wolverine <laughs> is in the MCU, man. Oh, that's so, just thinking about that. So freaking cool. I cannot wait for that. Just all the X-Men. I can't wait for the X-Men to be back. Yeah. I think that, yeah. And what Disney does is they can really like, they really make their heroes like how we kind of like loved them in the comic books like their imaging and and whatnot so i would like i've always wanted before i just give me that wolverine like in the yellow spandex again you know just that's how i want <laughs> i like x2 man they wait hey i'm all in all black and stuff like that that was like the best x-men mm. movie yet still i believe yeah i think x2 is as well but i wouldn't mind seeing what they can do with like an actual okay do you do you yeah. like better the yellow and blue or the yellow and brown i like the yellow and brown myself mm. see i'm a blue fan yeah so, I, I think the yellow and brown is more achievable, but yeah, I, let's see what they can do with it. It'll be really cool because they usually don't shy away. From, Hawkeye is kind of what the most of them shine away from it, but generally they'll kind of yeah. go for it, you know. Uh, other R-rated movies that the, can go into the MCU, we have Morbius on the way um, that kind of fits in there, but we have Blade that will have to be R-rated, yeah. and then we also have Moon Knight, which is the new series coming up for Disney Plus that I can't imagine not being R-rated. Do you think this might start like a division in the MCU that's kind of like for the R-rated folks? Well, Disney did say their R-rated stuff was going to be more on Hulu instead of Disney, so they yeah. could entertain that that streaming service more. So, I mean, yeah. Might be a good a good way to kind of fit everything in there. I, yeah. I kind of wish they they didn't make that Old Man Logan movie and actually made it off the comic book Old Man Logan with mm -hmm. all the the whole Hulk stuff and all that. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish they went off that one because then they could have probably done like a like a section of just R-rated stuff, especially with Wolverine, you know, Old Man Logan version. Like it, it could have started a new thing, a new trend yeah, for make older. it Make a, a separate franchise yeah. over there. Yeah. Instead of killing them off. If they didn't kill them off, they definitely could have had multiple movies off that old man logan especially like he was out for revenge for them killing his family so yeah uh that's a little i know it's it's off topic but it's no. one of those things it's like they could have definitely made a section of r-rated films yeah it's so yeah logan and deadpool just keep it going i mean keep it in the x-men universe i mean yeah. yeah though though i definitely prefer disney to stay you know pg or pg-13 for the young kids I think this would be cool, especially, I mean, for us and everything, but especially if they do good with this and their R-rated channel starts to become popular, I could totally see Downtown Disney having a cool bar that has all this kind of Ooh. themed stuff in there. Maybe I'll we'll just awesome. go down there, hang out in the Downtown Disney bar. They're in this to make the money. <laughs> There's going to be plenty of merch we could be buying at that place. That'd be pretty tight. Oh, uh, I'd definitely spend some money. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, Disney make an X-Men product? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I cannot oh. wait, dude. I cannot wait. Okay, we have Avengers Campus. The second they put Professor's Ma Professor X's mansion in there, mm. like, oh, oh, I'm going to be fuck. all over that <laughs> shit, dude. Like, X-Men was Marvel for me for decades. Like, up until really the Iron Man movie, I didn't give a shit about Captain America, to be honest with you. Thor I liked, but the rest of the Avengers, I couldn't care less about. It was Iron Man's movie that got me into it. Before then, it was all about X-Men. I mean, and Spider-Man, yeah. of course, but X-Men was just so freaking cool. And so the idea that Marvel's, I mean, it just it actually fills me with excitement that I haven't had for the MCU in a long time. Uh, I'm really excited for, for Fantastic Four, but seeing a new Wolverine, a new, I mean, if they could bring Gambit, like that is, I'm fucking in so hard on that. 
So I'm really excited for that. That'd be really cool. Man, and and you said it too before, like Marvel is Marvel now. It's like what what we grew up with is to Marvel to us is yeah, you're right. X Men, Spider Man, my thing was Punisher, and it just keeps yeah. the gears turning of like this rated R universe. I mean, Punisher could be in it, the X Men, the Deadpool. I mean, the Morbius. I mean, it's there. That that those characters are there. Let's let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Blade they, too. Yeah. If they tried to stay in the yeah, PG PG thirteen, what would you do with the Punisher? You can't you can't bring that Punisher character yeah. into you know the modern MCU world. There's no space for him. Well, he could be like a Winter Soldier, but it's just that's toned down Punisher. Yeah, really, you got to tone him down. Make him a Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah, like Deadpool, same thing. So if you're gonna yeah. make a, a dark, you know, separate channel for do those right. characters, then yeah, do it do it all the way. I'd rather see it done right instead of done toned down because then it's just going to be yeah, yeah it's not going to be the best product yeah and I just find a place for it I think there might be something they announced during the investors meeting like Disney Plus something like Disney Plus Plus or something like that where I think there was something like that I forgot what it was but just keep adding was, pluses to it yeah <laughs> how many pluses do you guys get oh I got four pluses it's extra good <laughs> oh fuck I'm not sure my if kids can't watch that one <laughs> I know we talked about it on this podcast but I think it was like Disney Plus 18 or I don't remember Anyways, uh, oh, Paramount Plus is, is coming up. Paramount Plus, yeah. That, if you <laughs> yeah. guys have CBSL access, it's going to switch over to Paramount Plus, so get ready for that. It's going to be happening any day now. All right, uh, last Hold bit. on, CBS is going to Paramount? C- well, CBS and Viacom, they've merged again. And so oh, CBS okay. All Access, the app is going to become Paramount Plus. Uh, it's just okay, the name okay. of the app is changing, basically. Same mm-hmm. stuff. They're going to be adding more content later on. Okay. More Star Trek? Uh, they're gonna, their goal is to have Star <laughs> Trek going year-round. There's going to be a new Star Trek. All year round, which I'm so fucking in. This is uh, the time. I uh, know. Star Trek's so great. Aside from the okay. pandemic and stuff like that. But, you know, other than that, it's a good time hey, to live. 2021 is doing hey, good. On TikTok, the number one trend right now is sea shanties. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, 2021. <laughs> I want more tight. year of the sea shanties. Yeah. And if you guys check it out, like, it, it actually caught me back into TikTok a little bit because I'm just, like, watching other people's sea shanties this entire mm-hmm. time. And we, people we keep, like, tagging each other and, like, expanding on it. We got to make a video where you're playing uh, the instruments on Sea of Thieves, playing one of those songs, and then sing a sea shanty to the that tune. I think, yeah, I'm down for that. We got to we got to like write a Geek Freak sea shanty. Yep. something like that. If anybody's talented enough, can you guys do that for us? Be great. Um, all right, last bit of news before we get into our WandaVision review. Uh, according to Deadline sources, Chris Evans may be returning to the MCU as Captain America. Uh, I have a few different ways that's possible, but I'm gonna ask you guys. What do you think about Steve Rogers coming back, and how do you think it's going to happen? Uh, Daniel, let's start with you. What do you think, man? Uh, well, I was thinking they had a time machine, correct, uh, in the yeah. band. I, I don't remember, but did it get destroyed? Or Well, they have one in that building, too. I, think, I don't think that one in the building is gone, the one that they actually used to go back in time in Infinity, Infinity War. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, yeah, Endgame, yeah. Endgame. Endgame. Well, I'll say maybe something like that where they just... Uh, it's hard because they did kind of like make him old at the end. So uh, they have to do like a time thing or it's going to be like when he goes back to see Peggy and then all of a sudden things, uh, villains pop up there at that timeline. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be the best way. That that would be the best one, especially that they ruined that whole Avengers thing. So, Um, what you're saying there, I think, is the best option, right? Where if he goes back in time and then he's with Peggy in the 60s, they're yeah. like, you know, starting in the late 40s, early 50s, whatever. And he lives out his life because that is the MCU that he lives out his life. He's an old man when we see him. So throughout that, he could be, I was, I was saying, Forrest Gumping throughout history. And he's kind of always there at the important parts. We just didn't, maybe didn't know about it. 
but he could be fighting in Vietnam War. We could see him, um, because in the comic books he fought in Vietnam War and he, he was like the soldier that was defending, um, like he was working for America, but he was defending some of the against some of the bad soldiers. Like that's such a good duality of him. Like, oh, which side do I go with right now? Like, oh, this is complicated. Like, that's cool. I like that. And then have him do like different things. Like he's whatever. Like there's the I think it was the Watergate scandal is the one where he became no man or nomad or whatever. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, like time period thing with him would be really neat. Yeah, and to relate with our times, you could see him uh, in like the Rodney King riots or Martin Luther King, like that Martin kind Luther of King marches social and stuff injustice like that, yeah. stuff too. Because, you know, as far as we see in, in Civil War and stuff like that, he defends the people and the people's yeah. rights and stuff. So that'd be kind of, that'd be really cool. I think that'd be the best storyline we could follow. His no, his Nomad story is fantastic. And I, I want to say it, well, it was either Vietnam, I don't think it was Vietnam, but I think it was either that or it was the Watergate scandal. It might have been that one. Where he like left, he didn't want to like work for America for a while, and so he was like him and a couple others. We saw it a little bit in Civil War, where they were kind of just doing their own thing and helping people on the ground level, and it was just so freaking cool. It was really good. So maybe something like that again. Could, just gotta change his name him? a little bit. Could you see them bit. doing like a uh, Superman kind of Justice League kind of thing? Like they only call Superman when they really need it, so they'll like time jump, grab him. Hey, we need your help. Shit's going down. Yeah. like could you see something like that or not <laughs> i it would be a lot of effort to time jump to grab Ca- like i love captain america but if you're gonna time jump grab an extra <laughs> thor like right. just stack the deck with a bunch of thors that's your time jump that's the way you gotta go and but- they've already <laughs> manipulated time too much for like the True. common sci-fi world so it's yeah. always been like you don't touch time and then you know you follow that rule for so long and then finally it gets point oh crap we got to touch time we got to we got to <laughs> manipulate it just for this one thing and then it brings everybody back to life like you know the snap but the snapshot um uh, yeah i think i think they should leave time alone after it just cheapens all of the times they've used it in the past if you just keep manipulating it back and forth yeah yeah but do we know this is actually like cap cap or is this old man cap we don't know what version of Cap- Captain America will be, so, but yeah. it does sound like it's a younger version. We just wow, know that it's, it's different. Yeah. Why can't it just be a different dimension instead of time jumping? Because then it, uh, one, I mean, if I was throwing like a really comic book uh, plot there, I'd be like, well, while he was with his, when he went back in time with Peggy, Peggy, yeah, Peggy. Yeah. Um, why can't there was a dimension hole opened by like, say, Doctor Strange or Scarlet? That needs like, hey, Cap, we need you here. So he kind of lived another life of being an Avenger and then went back in time and gave his shield to uh, Falcon. We we totally could have I mean, that. That's a, lot, that's a lot of craziness, but yeah. Well, <laughs> WandaVision and then Doctor Strange and Spider-Man possibly are all going to be multi, multi-dimensional movies. So yeah. the multi-dimension, multiverse is here. So we could straight up get a Captain America from another multiverse. And what's really cool about that, something I was bringing up is the fact that he could come to our time asking for help. Then, like, our Avengers go help him in another multiverse. Come back. Maybe he joins us. Something like that. And what I really like, whenever they use somebody from a multiverse, they have a little bit of a tweaked background. So he could have uh, maybe missing an arm like Winter Soldier. Or mm. maybe uh, maybe he got captured by a different country. Than, or maybe, like, he was thought off by a different country than U.S. So he's kind of scrambled a little bit or something like that. Like they could really play with that. It'd be really fun. Yeah. It might be too yeah. comic booky though. It's hard. Yeah. But go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think I think people like that, you know, like we were talking before about WandaVision and that fifties vibe or whatever, that kind of retro throwback. So I think throwing him back in time and putting him with 
uh, Peggy would play off well to people. We have plenty of shows, yeah. you know, series and, and superheroes in the modern time or in the near future. So to to play out his story in the past, I think would sell pretty good too. That's yeah, I would love that. He did. He did advertise uh, old school uh, trailers or commercials. He did remember yeah. the movie it was like yeah. those really corny ones. So that'd be cool to kind of like in that time frame we get to see him do those commercials, yeah. aka then fight whoever you know. And it would and just they, be so fun because just real quick, in in the early Avengers, right? He's a guy from the past trying to get used to the future. And then if you see this new movie or series or whatever, he's now a guy who knows the future tech going back to the past. Uh, yeah. And so it's just, uh, it would be so fun to see what that's like, you know? That'd be neat. Yeah. And they're not in the situation like with Hugh Jackman where they got a, a great star who's just, you know, getting too ripe to eat kind of thing. Like they got a young, healthy, good looking actor who played a great character. They don't want to cash him out yet. They don't want to just, you know, put him in the corner like, hey, we killed off your character. Sorry, bud. You know, so they wouldn't make it old man uh, cap. They'd want him to be young and, and be the same face and character that he is in the past so mm-hmm. i think and they got a lot more to get out of him before they would try to retire him yeah know? well he he kind of wanted to step away too like robert downey jr is like i'm iron man until the end of planet like he was he was on board <laughs> but but you know chris evans is kind of like all right you know we've done a lot of captain america i think it's time for me to step away for a while and i think once you, it's the same thing with 007 they every time 007 is always like never again but then you take a few months, you rest, you relax, and you're like, nah, I'm missing it. You come back for a bit. I think maybe we get in that a little bit, too. Like, he's down to come back a bit. Mm. Should be cool. Uh, my main thing, just the last note on this part, I don't want them to pull something they do all the time in comic books, where it's just like, oh, yeah, we found a potion that'll make you young again. Don't do any yeah. of that shit. Oh, God, no, no Lazarus yeah. pits or anything like that from DC. Cheap. Nothing. Like, I hate when they do that. Like, oh, yeah, this character's dead, and I feel super sad about it. And then, like, fast forward a few issues, and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, but they're back because we figured out this one thing. Like, no, no, no. no, no. Heading into WandaVision. Everybody here had a chance to watch it, correct? No. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yes. Daniel, Spoilers. you freaking slacker. <laughs> Two half-hour episodes, man. Should just, I uh, just- dip? Not even half hour of shit. It's like 25 minutes, really. You're getting spoiled on it. All right. So uh, let's talk about the the uh, a little bit of the story. We're going to go spoiler free. Um, back in time. Can you, John, why don't you try to explain this to us? What is this whole thing about? So to totally be honest, yeah, I liked it, but I'm kind of, I feel like I'm confused. If I saw just one episode, I definitely would have been left confused. But seeing two, I still don't have a full grasp of what's going on in the world. And maybe that's the point. Maybe we're supposed to just exactly. hear that little static and not know what it means kind of thing. But uh, So we see Wanda and Vision uh, back in the 50s or 40s or something like that. Back in, 50s, yeah. Okay, yeah. Back in old time, it's all black and white. feels just like, uh, like Dick Van Dyke, like we mentioned before, I Love Lucy, those old black and white TV shows. And so, you know, husband and wife at home. Um, and then you're getting to meet their neighbors. They obviously have major memory loss issues. They don't know where they're at they know who they are that they're in love they know each other uh they kind of know like their house and stuff like that but there's a lot of holes in their memory um they point out like there's a date on the calendar they don't remember what that's for uh, a heart on the calendar um but it's just kind of a fun kind of family sitcom yeah yeah but uh with this whole bunch of mystery behind it because they don't have any memories and obviously we don't have the memories um and so every once in a while there's a uh something weird happens like she would hear some somebody on the radio calling for her like wanda who's who's doing this to you what's going on what's happening yeah and so 
they don't give us a lot of that. They don't give you enough to put the puzzle together before them. So you're just like, dang, what's what's going on? Is she is is are they both being detained somewhere? And you see so one thing that that I kind of extrapolating is you see him go to work and he's doing some computations. He's working a uh what do they call back then? Accounting machine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like a money typewriter. And he's doing all these numbers. I, yeah. <laughs> old, old school. <laughs> old school computer. And I'm thinking those two, just a complete shot in the dark, they might be strapped to a chair somewhere in some Hydra bunker. And they're, they're put in the same reality in their brains together. And he might be cracking codes for them when he goes to work. So it's like the Matrix. You got to keep them happy. You got to keep them fed. You got to make them think they're okay because the brain won't work if you let it know it's in prison. Uh, but when he goes to work and all these papers that he gets and he goes through them super fast, he's sitting there possibly cracking code of like uh, U.S. intelligence uh, yeah. information that's being relayed. So I don't know. That's just my guess. I have no clue. Okay. Um, but so far, the setting is pretty funny. It's pretty cool. We see them move forward in decades. Um, at the end of episode two, I think, is where we see color uh, fully integrated. Uh, but yeah, so far it's real, real fun show. So there's, yeah, the, the important thing is that there's a plot and a, and a meta plot basically, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, the plot we'll talk about later on. It's, it's, you know, the regular 50 sitcom, the meta plot's what we're talking about right now, the mystery behind it. And you brought up a good there, good point there with vision and maybe they're using him. The, the, the important thing to remember is vision is dead at the mm-hmm. time of these. So that also needs to be accounted for. Why is vision alive here? Uh, squeaks, do you have any theories on what's going on here and, and what could be? Um, yeah, I don't want to, um, like, uh, super point on something and maybe ruin it for some, but I think, I mean, you brought it up a while ago and then I kind of was doing some research and obviously like playing, you know, some comics and stuff and playing games of Scarlet Witch is that she put herself in this dimension to love once again, vision. Um, and this is how you get those little glimpses of, okay. So like episode two, when we saw that weird guy with the bees around him, with the sword and the shield, little bee outfit. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, not now or something like that. She and just I said, think no. that's her. Yeah. I rewound to make sure she didn't say like no more or anything, but yeah, she just said no. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's her like, Hey, don't, this is where I'm staying forever. Don't wake me up. I don't want, well, I'm not coming back. Um, but what I love is like, Knowing that, because I'm kind of like true to that plot, knowing that is like, man, we are in for like the, the something that we, I think for me, at least never seen before yeah. ever in a TV series is where we don't know what the hell is going on. Um, I mean, with my plot in the back of my head that it's just going to flip and it's all going to make sense later. And it was a fun ride while it gets, now it's getting serious. Mm-hmm. So like when we saw in the trailer, like everything in color and everything was getting all like really like crazy out there is that we get to have this like little fun journey and then bam, it's hitting. And then you're going to look back on those episodes like, man, that was just a, just like a little good time, you know? Yeah. And then now the real plot uh, happens. I- uh, but now it's like, well, what Vision's still going to be dead. So it could be like a little heart, little, some sadness when you actually, when she actually wakes up from this reality and yeah. then there really is no more vision in the MCU. So, his body's still in the world. Somebody brought this up. So there could be a thing too mm-hmm. where they're using his body for something. But yeah, we've seen Wanda in the comic books do this before. Scarlet Witch has done this before in the comic books where she creates her own reality. And um, there has been a reference. I don't know if you saw the reference to No More Mutants, the House of M. Did you see that reference to that? 
No, I missed that one. So when you brought it up earlier, I was kind of shocked. I want to go back. I've seen this. Actually, I've watched both episodes twice now. I'm going to be watching <laughs> it again, dude, for sure. Yeah. So the, the bottle of wine. Yeah. The bottle of wine she's pouring. Uh, it's It says in French. Uh, what does it say? Like, uh, Maison du House or like uh, of M or whatever. Uh, so it's uh-huh. it's French for House of M. And then has a big M on the top. And um, so we could be getting that storyline. Of course, it's probably Scarlet Witch's most famous story where she at the end, she got frustrated and said, no more mutants. And then, you know, that was what happened. She's strong enough to make that happen. <laughs> so we could be getting the reverse of that, which is awesome. If she says mutants, make there be mutants, then the world will have mutants now. And then we have a way into the X-Men. So it's something mm-hmm. groundbreaking like that that could be on the horizon. It seems so big. But yeah, she's probably creating her own reality so she could spend time with, with Vision. It's tri- and also, her and her brother were used to create Vision's stone, right? To make it into the, to make it into a stone, I believe. That was in Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah. So there's something there too. Maybe they're using her to recreate Vision. I don't know. Hmm. I'm enjoying that. There's so much mystery in this. That's that's what I really like. Is is the the meta plots? What's really got me hooked? Try to figure out like what the hell are they doing? Yeah. You know. Do you think there'll be any um, characters to jump in? And the only one I'm saying on top of my head because of Scarlet Witches and her powers with the, like different dimensions and shit. I'm thinking Doctor Strange, but I don't see that happening. But do you, do you see like a different character popping up just for a little quick one? I mean, I think maybe we'll see X-Men's Quicksilver. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, we know that version of Quicksilver. We know that she's going to be in the next uh, Doctor Strange. So we do know that. Oh, um, uh, okay, okay. So there yeah. could be a Doctor Strange pop in then for the TV there might series. Be. There might be, maybe. Yeah. Okay, and then we have okay. we have uh, Monica Rambeau's in there too. So we'll have to see what she's doing. Because I think Sword's sending her in to try to to get her out. I think they're sending her in to get Scarlet Witch yeah. out of the situation. Because we keep seeing mm-hmm. Sword logos on things. It, yeah. it was on that little helicopter. It's on a bunch of little things like that. You know, so they're trying. Um, we also have Agatha, the neighbor, who. Oh man. <laughs> she's got to be Agatha from the comic books that is Scarlet Witch's, um, she's a witch from the Salem Witch Trials that is Scarlet Witch's, like, mentor, this elderly witch that helps her out a lot, assuming it's that. And uh, then we have who is the villain? That's that's another thing, too. And somebody's bringing up a really good point. They're saying, like, oh, the devil's, there's a few re- references to it. It could be Mephesto, could be the actual villain of this whole thing. Do you think this is how they would introduce one of the biggest villains in all of Marvel? Dang, in a TV show, that'd be kind of, that'd be neat, actually, because that's super different. Um, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. It'd be interesting because it would be in a TV show, but that's it. Yeah. He would hmm. be, he would be multi-phase, he would be like phase four and five's villain. He is Thanos level villain because he is the devil in the Marvel Universe. So uh, I, w- I don't remember where it was before. One of the Marvel properties, somebody was standing in front of a pane, like a, a, a at a church, like the, the the glasses like that, stained glass, whatever it's called. And there had actually Mephesto in the glass. So he's in this universe. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just, it would be crazy if that's how they're going to do this, but it would be great. I mean, and if you're talking Doctor Strange, he's fought many times, you know, it'd be pretty epic. Crazy. And I want to believe his be kid- the villain though? It could be. I, I mean, think I that get, was think Wanda's we, kids were his kids. If I remember correctly. Oh, I don't know that one. And she's pregnant now. So She is randomly pregnant, yeah. Huh. And I believe those were like Mephesto's kids. And that was what the whole... That's why she freaked out is because he took his kids back. 
it's been so long since I've had any mm. since I've looked at the you know Scarlet Witch's story. But yeah. Yeah. Dang. Well, I think because I had my heart set on like Doom being the next huge villain, but I would like to see yeah. multiple huge villains lasting a while. So uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It'd be t- something totally left field for me, though. I would not expect that. But but that's kind of neat, though, because we're not looking at like super mainstream Marvel. We're looking at like something that's kind of I mean, I know he's huge, but kind of like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like that one for me, it would be a surprise. He's less recognizable than it's like Galactus or something like that. And and Doom, yes. I think Doom could be our Loki when this guy would be our Thanos. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, even Doom will team up with us to take out yeah. Hephaestus. Like, mm. I think that'd be really cool. All right. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the, the main plot then, okay? Uh, the black and white film, I felt because, you know, a lot of us grew up on that. Um, with Nick at night and stuff, you know, um, I think we were pretty, pretty comfortable with it. Do you think this is off putting for the younger audience? Yeah, I think they're just more confused than anything. I mean, even in an audience that uh, is not used to the black and white thing, they're kind of like, well, nothing's happening. I mean, it's kind of like, I just wasted a, a both, both episodes together, like an hour of my time, just watching like a little old school sitcom. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't give a shit what they think because as <laughs> soon as he, soon as Vision walked through that door and went through the chair instead of falling over the chair, I was like, Sarah, yeah, like to your wife, caught that. And I like how they do like the, the like the sprinkles like they would back in the day too when magic <laughs> is happening, not just him going through it. It's really cool. Like, uh, I could watch. Uh, yeah, man, I I would. I, I don't know. I could watch a whole season just this them two. And I this really could. Old school, yeah. <laughs> to the fifties Easy. shenanigans. Uh, that whole like magic show part was just such a freaking delight. Yeah. Where, where he's got the gums in the work, you got gummed up works, whatever. Yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking, Jonathan, hear me out on this one. Uh, the comedy for those old fifties shows, it was very slow, very predictable at the time. It was amazing, but looking mm-hmm. back at it now, it's like you got to be a little bit faster for us nowadays. We, we've kind of gotten numb to that stuff. Do you think that's off-putting? I think it's it's right on the money for our generation. Anybody younger than us probably doesn't get it because they they didn't watch those shows, so they don't see the the fact that it was a setup. You know, you, it's like volleyball; it's a set and a spike every time. Like, yeah, you see it coming, and then it comes, but we all laugh about it. But that's how those old TV shows were. It was a it was just a very predictable uh, kind of comedy and stuff like that. But everybody loved it. Uh, because it was the beginning of TV, beginning of comedy in general. Following plays is really what was before that in radio. Um, so I think we really appreciate it because, you know, I remember watching I Love Lucy and Bewitched and stuff like that when we were real little, uh, late at night and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I think the younger generation just isn't going to really click with it yet. But I think I think what's what's happening is it's is being used as an anger point or a a lure to kind of pull in our attention and really get us attached to the characters in this world and stuff like that. But we're already seeing that, that other plot, that deeper plot behind it, the mystery that that's probably what's going to catch the attention of the younger kids. So if they can get past, you know, the first four or five episodes, they will probably be hooked in the, the deeper meaning of the story. So I think right now we're getting all that nostalgia and stuff like that. We're, we're loving the black and white and just the slapstick comedy. That's, you know, not really subtle, but, really fits for the time frame there. Uh, but they're already moving forward in decades. So, you know, it'll be in the eighties and nineties. And before you know it, they're pretty much, well, hopefully they stop in a certain, you know, 
time we period. We do see, yeah, we do see that there is a full on like Vision and Scarlet Witch are fighting things. So, like they they do eventually get to full on MCU, yeah, at some point. Um, just kind of out there, and what makes it really like a super comical too is the the neighbor uh, that Kathy Han plays. She's she's a hoot. Oh, she's such a <laughs> she's, she's such so a good funny. actress. She's oh, was she's in the C um the seventy shows mom uh Mrs Hart. That's actually my like, favorite. Come in, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But now, now, a uh, funny question that I want wanted to ask is: so since we had like the Dick Van Dyke opening in episode one and the Bewitch opening in episode two, and we kind of see the move to the seventies. I dream What do you think? I was going to say, what do you think could be the opening for the for the next episode? It's if gotta, they do, if they continue this trend. Got to be Brady Bunch. I mean, they just got to do the squares. Oh, so yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, got to get to that. Oh, yeah. When I would she like has to see kid, whatever she Agatha's can. one of the squares. You know, like, that would be great. I want to see <laughs> oh, that so bad. Oh, my God. She got to be pregnant with six, though. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. That's so dope, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was so sad because I love this WandaVision TV show, and I didn't think it'd be this uh, like this, but... Yeah. Like that'd be dope. <laughs> I'm having, it's so funny because it's like it's so unique that I, I had a hard time reviewing it when I was like trying to give it a letter grade earlier for our post. I like did a selfie where I was like I was gonna do a video for it. And I was like, oh, we're gonna give it this because I don't fucking know. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just hard to say why it's so good. It's so good, I can't rate it. <laughs> Let's finish this off with two things. First, we'll go with what is your favorite moment from the first two episodes. Second, your grade. Uh, Jonathan, what is your favorite moment, and then your grade. Uh. From the first two, I, I think it, I'm gonna go with the um, magic show. That was very was really funny, good. fun, well played improv. Uh, I mean, I do like when she hears the radio and we're trying to figure out the new mystery stuff. Yeah. But I think of actual like, like uh, I don't know, plot of the story and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that the, the magic show was pretty funny. What's your grade for the show so far? Uh, a. Yeah. Yeah. I'm go A. I could do A plus, uh, but you know, there's room. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it open for. A little improvement somewhere yeah um okay so i'm gonna i'll go mine mine was an a as well so i'll get on that one and i did like the magic show a lot it's a lot of fun my favorite part was when the husband is choking and mm. you see i don't know her name yeah. that 70s show mom yeah. was like please stop and she was like yeah, almost Deborah saying that Rope. she was like saying that to wanda yeah. like kind of thing like stop because this it's- stop because it's her reality i think and so she's trying to say like wanda like stop torturing him mm. like just make mm. him okay and then that she said, "Vision, save him!" Like almost as a command to yeah. the events of reality. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so I'm just good. like, yeah. like this is her holodeck st- program. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. The stop. way that that '70s show mom was delivering that line of like, "Stop it, stop!" Like yeah. it was heart wrenching, and it just was out of nowhere because this whole time we're like, "Oh, shenanigans!" They're trying to figure out how to make dinner. Then all of a sudden you had this moment where like. Oh, it was just like, yeah. what is going on? It was so freaking Twilight Zone at its best. It was so good. Yeah. It was really good. That's so, that's that perfect. That, man, man, you nailed like your thoughts on that one. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it like, I, I didn't go, I knew something was obviously off, right? Because right, right. then it saying, instead, instead of saying like the nice, like, Music oh, stop it, just stop it. Yeah. It was getting more serious. Yeah. Um, but I like that Twilight Zone reference you just put in there. Yeah. So what was your favorite part? And what's your grade? um grades a um of course i I love the show i think my favorite part was uh having to have mr and mrs hart uh over for dinner Mm -hmm. uh it just seems so old school like the boss is coming in for dinner so you want to impress him and then just like having the neighbor trying to help and but you know like what what i like though is like okay scarlet has to uh make this dinner but we know that obviously scarlet is basically like you know bewitched uh 
so just to see that like whole play out with all the uh, the food floating everywhere and then trying to close the windows and then he's distracting by singing uh, the song. I think I just like all that interaction, really. I'm rewatching the shit today. <laughs> just yeah, just talking yeah. about it. I could probably watch it again for the third time. Gosh. <laughs> what grade would you give it? Me already said A. Yeah. Yeah. A. a. Okay. Easy. So yeah. Triple A's over here. All right, Daniel, hearing what we've talked about so far, are you giving this a watch today? Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it right after I get off, uh, <laughs> off the podcast. Let us know your grade. We'll throw it up on socials, too. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, okay, guys, that's going to be it for the news of the week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, we have a new Push a Talk coming up next week with Squeaks uh, running the show, so that'd be really cool. I, that last one we've got a lot of good reviews for man that, that, that's that been oh, a really good, fun show good. yeah a lot of people are enjoying good. it and so alright guys thank you guys for joining us we'll see you guys later bye bye thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod we're also on Facebook Instagram you can email us we have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.